Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Well, like I, I really shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, it feels weird kind of getting to the middle of January saying that, but last week was a snow day. And um, I don't know if any of you were able to tune in last week. Carrie and I were able to just talk through some of the highlights of 2023. And um, I guess I would just say I'm so proud of this church. I am so glad to be here. I think that God is doing some really cool, amazing things. And if you want to hear us talk about that a little bit, you could, you could go back and watch us on our YouTube channel or our, uh, right on our website, honestly. Um, but God's changing lives, and that's what it is about. I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were able to baptize 11 people and hear their stories of just them coming to Jesus. It's so good. So good. Um, also, before I get into uh, my message, I want to encourage you, uh, and we're going to talk about this actually over the next few weeks, but you know what? You should have a Bible. You should have a Bible in your possession. And I don't know if you do or you don't, but one really easy way to do that, if you want to start getting into God's Word, is to have it on your, on your phone. Uh, or on your tablet or whatever. And it's something we want to promote called the YouVersion Bible app. If you go to your app store, whether that's on Apple or Google or whatever, and you search this up, uh, you should download it. You could follow along with what we're doing here each and every Sunday. Actually, if you're watching online on our website, that's built into our, our um our watch uh, center there, but make sure that you do this because this is really important as we get going through the new year that you have a Bible in your possession all the time. But if you want also a physical Bible and you're just unable to get one, we have a few here at our guest uh, central area and we're happy to give them to you so that you could get into God's word for yourself. So make sure you do that. Also, there's one other really quick resource uh, that I like to mention around this year. A few years ago, we made up uh, something um, called the Bible, um, the Spiritual Habits uh, basically handout, and it gives you a whole list of ways that you could kind of revitalize your spiritual connection with God. And there's a whole list of ideas resources on that sheet, and you could also pick that up at Guest Central today. So um, make sure you grab that, or I'll email it to you if you email and say, hey, I want that thing, but I wasn't able to get it on Sunday. We're happy to send that to you. So does anyone know what a digraph is? Anybody know what a digraph is? I see one brave person over there raise their hand. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with English. Some of you have checked out already. Don't check out on me. A digraph is simply this. It's simply two letters that are in a row that make one sound. Okay? So um, there are seven of them in the English language, as I understand, and I want to look at one of them today. I want to look at this uh, digraph, CH, all right? This is a digraph. Now, this combination of letters could have a hard sound, right? And the hard sound, if you put the C and H together, would sound like what, church? Nope. <laughs> right? So, so uh, it could be words like um, chiropractor. 
which I feel like I desperately need this morning. Or um, what else? What are some other? Christ, Christ, choreography. Yes, there you go. So that's, that's the, like the, the, the hard sound of the CH. Now you can also have the soft sound of the CH, which is what? Ch, right. So uh, words like church is a good one. A double digraph. Yeah, Christmas is a hard one. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Children. There you go. Okay. All right. So then I started really thinking about this, and then there's another way that you could use the CH, and it's like, I'm going to call it, um, in Tom's English handbook, the ultra soft way, because it sounds like shh. Can anybody think of a CH word that sounds like shh? Charlatan. I'm going to ignore that one over there. <laughs> Champagne, right? Yeah, things, things like that. Okay. Oh, and then, oh, and let's make this more fun. And, and I'm sorry for those of you who English is not your first language. This is how crazy messed up the English language is. I thought of another thing that can happen when a C and an H is put together. It could actually be silent. Like the word yacht. That's messed up, man. That one group of letters could have all of those different sounds. And you're like, all right, Tom, I get it. Where are you going with all this uh, silliness? Well, I want to use it as my illustration for how a new you can appear in your life. This new series that we are starting today, we're supposed to start this last week, but we're starting today called New Year, New You. And uh, I am super excited about this uh, series. It's because I love the new year. Some of you probably have differing feelings from me, but just stay with me anyway today. I love it because it's like the fresh, clean start. It's like we can go to the board, the drawing board, and start wiping it clean and starting fresh it's the season also, as you know, where people get serious about making some ch ch changes in their lives. Some of you are going strong with the things that you committed to, and that's awesome. Good for you. Others of you made it a point to start out and to do this thing, and you've already fallen off the wagon. Now listen, I just want to say to those of you in that boat, it's okay just get back on, okay? Today, you could just get back on uh, and start fresh. But it is uh, the season um, for new beginnings and new starts. And the truth is, and this is why I love it so much, most of us, let's just be honest with ourselves, most of us need to think about a fresh start in at least some area of our life. And what a better way than a new year. So, um, we're starting a series, like I said, New Year, New You. It's going to be about kind of where we want to go and where we need to be in our life, and we're going to discuss that. Now, a new you, in my opinion, typically is going to involve one or more of the three following things, and it's this. A new you is going to involve uh, re-examining either our hearts or our heads, our bodies. And when I say heart, I want to talk about our heart, our, our spiritual condition, okay? Our heart, the deepest thing inside of us. 
Some of us need a reset and a reboot in our head. Maybe that's our mental and our emotional state. And others of us are longing for a new you when it comes to our body. And obviously, again, that's our physical condition, right? And all of these are extremely important. In fact, you've probably, if you've been around any length of time with me up here, I would say that all of them are important and all of them work together to be the kind of person that God designed the beautiful you to be. Holistically, that's what we are. We are created for mind, body, soul to be intertwined and interdependent. So, back to the CH. What in the world does that have to do with the new me, Tom? And here's what I want you to see today. The new you is going to be revealed by your choices and your habits. The new you, in any area of your life as you're seeking this, is going to start with your choices and your habits. Your choices and your habits. Our choices and our habits reveal the kind of people that we are going to be. In other words, a new you is going to be revealed only by your choices and your habits. Now, we can group these things together. A lot of times we'll just talk about that all in one big kind of bucket, right? Choices and habits. And that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do think choices are different than habits. And for much of this series, we're going to talk about some habits. But today, I think it's really important that we start with choices because listen to me, and if you're writing this down, a lot of you take, to take notes or whatever, this is also on notes online, your choices always come before your habits. Your choices always come before your habits. Choices, choices have to do with intention and direction, okay? Your choices have to do with the direction you're going, and your habits are the systems that it's going to take for you to get there. The habits have to do with the processes to arrive at the final destination that you've already chosen or you want to go. Choices come before habits, just like in our digraph. The C comes before the H. The C always comes before the H. I don't know of an English word where the H comes before the C, by the way. And I realize I probably just tipped some of you off that you are going to prove me wrong and you are going to find that word. Go for it. I am totally open to being wrong. That's not the point of my message. <laughs> Choices always come before habits. And that's what I want you to remember today. Your destination, listen to this, is determined by a series of choices. Your destination is determined by a series of choices. And though we are very much uh, want to care for your mental and your emotional and even your physical well-being, I feel like it's our responsibility here and from this stage as pastors and teachers that we really concentrate on the spiritual side of that, on what the spiritual choices and habits that we have uh, before us.
Because I would say this too, every choice that we make is a spiritual one. I would assert that every choice you make in your life, I don't care what it's about, is a spiritual one. Every choice that we make is going to flow out of the spiritual reality that we have anchored to. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the power of choice when it comes to the new year and the new you. And so here's the first question I want to ask you all today. Again, if you're writing notes, you could write this down. Here's choice number one. Are you going to choose God's way or another way? That's a choice that every single one of us needs to make, and I'm just going to float that out there. Are you going to choose God's way or your own way? And hopefully, your mind is going as we talk today. I want to start out in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. If you brought your Bibles, you could turn to that. We will have some of these verses on the screen. You could also follow along online. I want to look at a couple examples of choices today. And the first one I want to look at is by a guy named Joshua. And so we find this in Joshua chapter 24. Let me give you a little bit of backstory here. Uh, as you may or may not know, the Bible um, is broken up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Old Testament largely has to do with the nation of Israel, God's people, the chosen people of God. And it's amazing. I love the Old Testament, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, all the stories. They're crazy. And you'll find them in the Old Testament. And at this point in the Old Testament, what has happened was um, they were enslaved uh, by the people of Egypt. You may know this story. God says to Moses, go and rescue these people. I am going to give you a fresh start in a new place. And so Moses goes, and again, if you watch the Ten Commandments, you know all about, you know, the scenario there. They are rescued out of the land of Egypt. They begin on their destination to the land that God has promised them. Uh, again, a lot of twists and turns there. They end up wandering around for a long time. There's actually this point where they arrive where they're supposed to go. And there's like, you know what? Go out and spy on the land. Tell us what it's like. How are we going to take this thing over? And so he sends out 12 men to go spy on the land. Do you guys remember this story? And all of them came back, and almost all of them, 10 of them, in fact, said, you know what? We can't do it. It's too hard. Not going to be able to get there. But two of them said, no. God has promised this to us. I know we can do it. Yeah, they may be giants in that land, but we got this because God is on our side. And for that reason, one of those guys' names was Joshua. And from that point on, Joshua was named as the successor to Moses, and he was the one that was going to lead them into the promised land. And so this is where we are set up in the book of Joshua. They have now been uh, you know, conquered where they need to go. They are set up in their land. They are starting life as a new nation. And now Joshua is on his deathbed. And he's giving these final words to the people that he has loved and shepherded and led for such a long time. And this is what he says. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says this, Choose today whom you will serve. Ch -ch Choose today who you're going to serve. 
Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, he asks? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? In other words, he's asking them, how have you anchored spiritually? That's what I just said a couple minutes ago. He's asking them to choose how they've anchored spiritually. And I love this next line. Some of you know it. He goes, as for me, in my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Wow. What a statement. Choose today who you're going to serve. For me, I'm serving the one who's been there from the beginning through all the things we went through, who has faithfully promised he will be there to the end. That's what I'm choosing today. I want you to see another choice uh, from another person. Happens also to be in the Old Testament. It's one of my favorite stories. This guy's name is Josiah. Josiah, and we find his story in 2 Kings Chapter 22 and 23, 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23, and I'm going to start reading in chapter 22, verse 1. Check this out. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah from Bozkath. And he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor, David. He made a choice. He did not turn away from doing what was right. Now, when I read this, I am like, I'm always taken back because I just want to pull out again some of the things we see immediately right away. Josiah was eight years old. When he began to reign. Now, I understand, like in the time of kings, you know, depending on who died and when they died and who took over and all, I I get that that happens, but it's still crazy to me that at eight years old, this kid said, I'm gonna do my best to choose to follow God the very best way I can. The other thing that I'm gonna pull from that passage is, Thank God for the people around us who help direct and guide us to where we need to be spiritually, right? It even lists his mom there. And others that obviously came around an eight-year-old child who became the king of this nation, who, by the way, did not have any great examples of people who went before him because the whole point was they had really taken the country in a completely wrong, bad, opposite-of-God way. Third thing I pull out from this passage, and I'm not going to read it, but if you're going to start going into chapter 23, his influence obviously spread to others because here's the thing, our choices affect people. And the fact that Josiah decided in his mind to make these choices to follow God, it it says he influenced people around him. And the other thing, last thing I see from Josiah in verse 4 of chapter 23 says, choices to remove things are maybe more important than the choices we make to keep things. And I wish I had time, maybe we'll have time in this series to talk about this, but this is such a principle 
that I think is so important for people who are starting out fresh, trying to make a new beginning, I'm going to challenge you to ask yourself, what are the things you need to stop doing? Not the things that you want to start doing. What might be a more important question is, what are the things that you're going to stop doing today that aren't getting you to where God wants you to be? That's a lot harder of a conversation. And because of his choices, because he chose to follow God, here's what I love. 2 Kings 23 verse 25 says this, Never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord, and I put in parentheses there, who made a decision to turn to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength obeying the laws of Moses, and there has never been a king like him since. Man, when I hear words like that in the scripture, my ears perk up. Because when we talk about like, these absolutes, there's never been something like that. I know that there was something special, and he chose to do what was right and follow God. And honestly, let's be real, when we look at the Bible, Really, the Bible is a collection of stories who made, of people who made choices. Some good, some bad. We have people like David and Daniel and Esther and Jonah and Noah. They make choices that affect not only themselves but people around them. In some cases, entire countries, entire movements. So my question to you is... Are you choosing to follow God the best you can? No one's going to get that perfect. Or are you going to choose to do your own thing and follow yourself? I think it's important as we start talking about the new us. And for those of you who say, you know what, I think I want to do this following God thing. I really have to choose to follow him with my whole heart, my soul, and my mind. Here are a couple things that I've just pulled really briefly today. I think here's some wisdom of following God. Listen to some of what he says in scripture. Uh, by the way, I'm pulling these from what the Bible would call wisdom books. Psalms and Proverbs. Check out some of these uh, uh, verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Make the decision to trust in him. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, not your own. And he's going to show you the path to take. When you choose to follow God, he's going to light your way, church. Listen, Proverbs 16, 3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. I don't think there's a person in here that say, Yeah, I don't care if it, uh, you want your plans to succeed. He says, Commit them to me. I'm going to help you get there. Psalms 37, 3 and 4 says, Trust in the Lord and do good, and then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Listen, you have the choice. You can choose God or you can choose another way. But let me warn you, again, as a spiritual help and guide, maybe a mentor in some way, that there's a verse in the Bible that says um, uh, there's a path that seems right to us. But in the end, it leads to death. And so we need to be very careful about the choices that we choose. And here's my big idea today. Your destination, I think I already said this, is determined by a series of choices. 
Your destination is determined by a series of choices. Now, we're at a crucial part in this message. I could easily wrap up here. And it'd be pretty good, I think. You know, there's something to take away. There's something to think about. There's something to chew on. I could feel pretty good. We looked at scripture and we got some solid scriptural advice, of course. And uh, um, I probably haven't offended anyone, which in church world is a really good day. Let me just say. But I still have a little time on the clock. And I haven't made it hurt yet. It's like um, you go and you decide, hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm going to do this. I am going to get in shape. I'm signing up for the gym. And you go to your first class and you meet your fitness instructor. And you've got the gear on and you're ready to go. And you've done, now you're, now you're like, you're 30 minutes into your workout and you've done the push-ups and the sit-ups. You're sweating you're pushed beyond anything you thought you could even do, and you're proud of yourself. And then that fitness instructor looks at you and says, cool, we're half there. Now I want you to do all of those things. We're going to double them, and you're going to do them in the next 20 minutes without stopping. And you're like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? Because that's going to hurt. And I want to push on us, church, just a little bit here because so many of us, and I'm including myself in here, so please, when I, when I teach, I, I, I'm, I'm speaking to myself, we have become so spiritually lazy, and it's not going to cut it. And again, eventually, this is where habits will help us, but for now, I want to think about some of the pain that's going to come when we have to make choices when we have to choose the destination, when we have to follow the path that we think God is leading us to take. So, choice number two. I only have two choices. It was number one, are you going to trust God or are you going to do your own thing? The second thing is this. Are you going to trust God with everything? Are you going to trust God with everything? And as I was thinking about this, I want to highlight three areas that I want to push on, and it might hurt a little bit. Now, I realize this might not be comprehensive. I might be missing something really big. That's okay. These are three things that I want to ask you. Are you following God with everything? And it's three things these are the three that I put down that I want to push on just a little bit. Are you willing to trust God in your relationships? Are you willing to trust God with your kids? And are you willing to trust God with your money? Are you willing to trust God with your kids, your relationships, and your money? And I'm not going to preach long sermons on each of these. I just want to help us think through some things. The first question, will you trust God in your relationships? Whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're searching, whether you're swiping, I don't know, but this is going to be... 
this is going to be one of the hardest everythings in a, in a person's life. Some of you right now are going through some of the hardest relational tension that you have ever had to deal with in your entire life. Some of you might be going through a season of divorce or separation from your partner. Some of you may be wondering if your longtime girlfriend or boyfriend is right for you and you are at a serious crossroads in your relationship. Some of you have recently gone through or experienced some traumatic loss in your relationships, and you're grieving that right now, even so much so that it might even be affecting future relationship potential. Whatever relationship struggle you're facing and need wisdom for, God is asking you to come to him with that today. It's extremely hard. I am not reading anybody's mail. I'm just saying, I just know from experience this is going to be one of the hardest things to trust God through. Come to him with all your questions, with all your doubts, with all of your wonderings, with all of your pain, and with all of your sorrow that comes with it. He can handle it. But are you willing to trust God with it? Number two, are you willing to trust God with your kids? Here's another one of the hardest everythings. And um, again, a lot of you know my stage of life. This is one I'm going through right now. I have two kids in high school. Uh, my daughter's a senior. She'll be graduating this year. A year from now, quite possibly, she will not be here, right? And so as a parent, walking through that, thinking through that, um, because I know that those college years are going to be some of the hardest choices you're going to have to make in your life. All of the various things that may come along with that. And Sarah and I are doing our best to trust God in that process, to rely on him. Because our kids, as you know, are the greatest resource that God has given to us to steward. And we carry weight for them like we would not carry weight for anything else in our lives. Are we willing to trust God with our kids? Some of you, this has been the biggest struggle of your life because you see your kids right now making choices that quite honestly scare you. And you're not sure what to do about it. And here's another thing I've learned um, over 20-something years of ministry, when I think of kids, you know, we often think of young kids, but here's what I have learned, that even when our, be kids, our kids become adults, that doesn't go away. In fact, sometimes it gets even harder. And you wrestle with the decisions your adult kids are making, and it breaks your heart, or you don't know how to help them. And my question to you is, how are you going to, Walk through that. And I'm asking you today to give it to God. All the pain, all the heartache, all the suffering, all the things that go with that, give it to God. Plead with him to show you direction. Get people in your life that can give you wisdom. Third, will you trust God with your money? 
Now, this is a message series probably in and of itself. But there's a reason why in Matthew chapter 19, the Bible says it's easier um, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. There's a reason why that verse is there. And please don't dismiss this verse because it says rich person. Because honestly, relative to almost every metric out there, we are rich people. And God says there's nothing, nothing that gets in the way of us ultimately choosing God's way more than money. And it's, my also, it's also my experience in this area um, that even the most well-meaning, gracious people can be completely ignorant of what it means to trust God with money. And we have concocted so many great excuses that are really subtle for not giving up our resources as God calls us to give up. And sometimes it even sounds spiritual, which is what's crazy about that. And I hesitate to even tell this story, but I'm going to. Sarah and I um, decided a really long time ago that we had no choice but to trust God with our money. And for 25 years, we've given graciously and sacrificially. And in fact, I'll be so bold as to say the only bill that is monthly bill that is more um, than what we give to God's work is our mortgage. And I don't say that to get a pat on the back or to brag because it's not even close to that. I say that in, you, in humility because it's extremely hard to do that every month. And in fact, recently, as of this year, I actually switched my giving to weekly because I needed to see that more uh, you know, regularly in my life that this was something that was going to hurt because I want to follow God in this area. I don't want money or possessions or things to get in my way of that. And I will say this, there's not a single ounce of regret, I think, I know I could speak for my wife with this, that we have for doing that consistently all these years. Because God has provided for every single need that we've ever had. So church, as we start out this year and we start thinking about choices, I want you to, I just, I'm just trying to say, listen, put God first in the things that are the most important and see him and watch him work. And so you say, what happens when we trust God with everything, Tom? Because everything is a lot. That's all the things. That's everything. And I'll say this, Romans 8, 28 says this, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let me rephrase that for you for a second. It says, we know, this is the Angala version of the Bible, okay? This is not inspired, but this is what it is. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who have chosen to follow God and trust him with everything. I cannot think of a more important word for all of us, myself included today, as we go into a new year, as we seek to turn a page on a new us, 
It's gotta hurt a little bit. It's going to hurt a little bit. It just comes along with the territory. Your choices matter. Your choices matter. You can start new habits anytime, but oftentimes choices don't get redos. That's why the C always comes before the H. Now, final word here. And for some of you, it's going to be the most important thing I say all day long, and I want you to hear me. Because some of you know that you've made bad choices, or a bad choice, or a series of choices. And a message like this can leave you feeling discouraged. You might be even a little mad at me right now. I want you to hear this. God is not upset with you. God is not upset with any single one of you. In fact, God is very interested in you and how you pick up the pieces and move forward with him as your leader, with him as your guide. Listen to this. This is what I want you to hear me say. There is nothing you could ever do that God doesn't give grace and mercy for. Nothing. 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 There's nothing you could ever do. There's no choice you could ever make that God cannot redeem. And you need to hear that. Because we're not done making bad choices in our lives, people. It's going to happen. But trust God with everything. Your foolish past choices don't define you. And in fact, when I talked about the Bible and talked about choices, um, much of the Bible is about the stories of grace given to each of those people. The story of the Bible, the story of God, is him pursuing you, no matter what. And so we could start in this moment by simply telling God, from here on out, God, I'm going to try my best to make choices that reflect your heart. He knows you're going to mess up. You could tell him that too. He's okay with that. But from here on out, the new you has got to trust God and not myself. And you got to trust him with everything. The new you starts with understanding that the choices you make determine your destination. But also, it's never too late to start making choices that follow the way and the wisdom of God. And my prayer for you is that he would give you grace to do that. Let's pray. God, we love you. We say that out loud. It's truly our heart. We want to love you with our heart, our soul, our mind, with our body. God, give us clarity on the things that you're calling each and every single person in this room to do. Every single person who's hearing this message online, give us clarity on what that is. One step at a time, even. One step at a time. God, give us the courage to make choices that we know might be criticized, might look weird, might feel weird. Give us the courage to do that because we know we're doing our best to follow you with our whole hearts and our soul and our mind. And we know that all things are going to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose.
Lord, we anchor into that today. I pray that for every single person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.